Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and you have stumbled upon the episode that is numbered 150. So welcome to episode 150 of Discussing Who. I've got three very important people to the Doctor Who podcasting world with me. So I want to start out with the gentleman that I saw most recently in Pensacola, Florida at Pensacon, Mr. West Hubbard. West, how's it going? How are you? It's going fine. Hello, everybody. Well, we're all having a good evening. I'm having a good evening because I'm excited about this. And I should have said before I introduced you why you guys are so important, because in the legacy and in the tenure and in the whatever you want to call it of Doctor Who podcasting, you guys started podcasting all the way back to 2007. West, keep me honest here, but I believe the first episode of the CIA podcast began on May the 20th, 2007. Does that sound about right to you? That sounds close. I could have sworn it was earlier than that. And it, it may have been. been did, did you start no, it? I, I think, I think it was more like we did stuff with Podshock earlier. It just feels like it's earlier. Yeah. Than that. But that sounds about right, actually. And there was Linda before that, wasn't there? Well, we talked about calling it Linda. <laughs> Linda. Oh, so you were going to be the Linda light. Maybe, uh. but CIA sounded more Doctor Who-ish to me. Dave really coined the cult them an audio phrase. So, <laughs> no, my, my great, my great, uh, your greatest you well, accomplishment. You may as well get on with the introduction. Yes, indeed. Yes, take yes. over it a second. My, uh, my close-up, Mr. Jamil. Oh yeah. Well, well, well. We let's go across as Lewis Trapani would always say. Let's go across the great pond and say hello once again to not Lee Shackelford, as I was about to say, but Dave Cooper. Hi, Kyle. And just to Clarence and Lee, um, you know, we'll, we'll put him back together at the end of this. You know, <laughs> don't, don't fret. Uh, he's, uh, he's entered his face for a little while. Oh, Hi, but I'm going to be having fun. Hi, how are you? I'm very pleased to be here, and it's nice to talk to Wes. I didn't really have time to have a little preamble before, but I'm absolutely in awe of the fact that you've been uh, doing um, – uh, being on stage interviewing guests, uh, so I'm hoping you're going to tell us a little bit about that at some point. I got a few stories, yeah. <laughs> oh, good, because I have one to ask you about. So, so, okay. so, absolutely, okay. I want to hear that. And we have our own version of the Sixth Doctor himself, Ian Bissett. Third billing as always. Great. <laughs> no, well, I, I always call it save the best for last. Come on now. Oh, there you go. There you go. You're redeeming yourself, young Kyle. Thank Actually, you, I thought I thought this was supposed to be uh, Clarence's interview, but oh well, you know, you get what you're given, you know. <laughs> God, feed the ego, man. Feed the ego. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ian thought it was going to be spotting Clarence in the gym, you know, doing <laughs> his support guy. <laughs> oh, so how are you, Mr. Ian Bissett? Uh, recovering. Um, uh, my uh, appendix and I uh, recently had a, a bit of a falling out and, uh, and we decided to go our separate ways. Uh, it was a bit of a ceremony. A doctor presided over the whole thing. It was pretty amicable. How long were you in the uh, hospital? I was in the hospital for about a week <sighs> while they figured out what was wrong with me because there was nothing showing up on blood work and they couldn't see really much on the CT. So yeah. Did they give you so a got- sonogram? Is that how they figured it out? 
Yeah, there was. A, they did a second CT where I had to drink that contrast stuff, and Ew. it was disgusting. But hey, it showed a appendix that was packing its bags, ready to leave. Got you. And so, yeah. Um, so fairly, yeah, fairly in fairly decent shape now. Well, glad you're feeling better and ready for action. Glad hey. to have you on here. So, for anyone listening, these guys, as you obviously have figured out at this point, hopefully, started a podcasting uh, venture that was an offshoot of Doctor Who Podshock around late 2006, early 2007. So I want to just ask this question, open it up to the floor and ask you guys, what made you decide to embark and do your own thing? So any boredom, boredom. Okay. Boredom. <laughs> a free Sunday. Um, really? I, yeah. I swear. That's all it was. I, well, I, I, I have a really quick story to tell. Okay. I stumbled across podcasting because friends of mine had a podcast and they were kind of, um, hippie kind of, they were into the latest fad and I'm like, nobody's ever going to listen to this crap. Who's going to log on to the internet and download a, somebody's show that they did in their bedroom? What a ridiculous idea. I said after they left my house for dinner and, um, but they invited me on to an episode and, uh, to talk about star Wars and I listened to that and then found, you know, I thought, well, I'll look up doctor who stuff. And that was it. So it, that's how I bumped into this lot, you know. Um, mine was a little different. I got my first iPod and had heard about podcasting. So I looked it up on the smaller internet than it is now. And, and hmm. I started doing my own show called Geek Week. Um, I had a computer store at the time and an editing suite for doing videos. So I was bored. So I would just do random geek update things and it had you know suddenly got listeners and then i found podshock because itunes started posting podcasts and you know it's called podcasting because you'd listen to it on your ipod um and so i started listening to podshock and i remember i i was playing with video effects one day and did a video of my tardis toy uh fading out with the tardis noise and sent you know computer hub or geek week loves podshock and then um I started talking to Lewis one day, just um, caught him on one of the forums, and we were going back and forth, and he just asked me if I wanted to be on the show one time. So I, I did a roundtable. Uh, it was like the end of season two, I think. And then they started doing the live shows on um, TalkShoe. And TalkShoe has the the chat area, and Ian and Dave are always there, <laughs> along with a, a, a bunch of other people. And we would be invariably chatting about other shows while we're waiting on Podshock to go or the sometimes really long preamble discussions before they started letting anybody in to talk to them. And um, we would in there comment on what they're saying, or we would talk about other shows. So one day I believe me and Ian and Dave and who else was there? Was it, um, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was, Anyways, there was someone else there. We were talking about some other show, and it's like, wouldn't it be great if there was a? Oh, we were talking about Blake Seven or something like mm. that. And and wouldn't it be great if you know we could talk about that? Because you know this show is about Doctor Who. It'd be kind of weird to start throwing out British sci-fi. So it, it was it, Diane. Yes, it was Diane. Uh, she said, "Why don't we start a podcast?" Yes, that's right. Because uh, she was she was like the third or the fourth host for the first couple of episodes. Right. And um, you know she passed, right? Yes, I do. And no, I wasn't I was sure if very you were. sad to hear that. Yeah. 
and and um, I we decided well after Podshot one day we'll just record one of these things and talk about other shows. So that's kind of the genesis of it. If you want to get Doctor Whoish, um, genesis of the podcast. Genesis of um, the podcast. Do I have the right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go for it. So, it, so anyway, um, we wanted to talk about all the other great shows and not encroach on that too much because we all geeked out about everything so we had some really good shows the early shows we would i think we had james naughton on one time and we had um uh ken deep on our mm-hmm. blake seven show and then i don't remember if we ever got lewis on or not i can't remember uh but we talked about everything from um greatest robots in sci-fi to the most iconic starships and things i mean we didn't just stick on a particular show and then when torchwood came out we did a every week we did reviews of that i remember doing all that mm-hmm. but, I'll move on to the floor to someone else. No, 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 you're um, good. One of the things is, it, it's the, the weird thing is, is I don't even know how long we did that show before it was that I that uh, Wrath of Khan. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it seems first, like we had been doing it for year. years, but I think it was just the first year or something. It was at and, the end of the first year, I believe, because the Wrath yeah. of Khan was in like June, I think. Um, June or July, and right. our our first anniversary was in May. So yeah, it was right. it was that, and that's where I met Ian, and we did our first celebrity interviews. Yes, we did, um, and that's also when because we wanted CIA to mean something, and that's when Dave coined the phrase "cult them" in audio. Yes, we wanted we, it to. We wanted to find a descriptive strapline, right. and you know, basically that summed it up. It was like you know. Things that had a cult following, et cetera, that yeah, the, we talk about. The CIA part was definitely from Celestial Intervention mm-hmm. Agency to, yeah. to go to our Doctor Who roots, but we wanted to do a deep dive. But Celestial Intervention Agency, really, only a few people knew what that was that we were talking about anyway. So, But when he had Cultum and Audio, it was like, boom. Yep. And then, and then when they went off to do the Cultum Collective, I didn't feel like I should go still say um, – Cult them in audio is too confusing, and Dave coined the phrase, so you guys take it and have fun. And I started random vortex, yeah, um, which fizzled out because life got in the way. But but here's an interesting an interesting story from that because who did you bring in as a co-host? Oh yes, <laughs> my you co-host. fathered yet a, a, you even found <laughs> fathered a whole entire my other network. Co- my other co-host was was. Mike Faber, who's the – I don't know if he's uh, what you would call him, the grand poobah of the uh-huh. ESO. Right. Yeah, Earth Station, Earth Station One. One podcast. And so – but but I can't take the credit for that. Louis Trapani is the podfather. I know, but it was just so funny because we I went to uh, Timegate, and it was my first time meeting Mike. Right. And we were only friends on Facebook because, um, yeah, we were both Doctor Who podcasters. Right. Um I didn't realize the other link there was until we actually met face to face. And he's like, well, we've, we've got a friend in common. I'm like, well, yeah, we got a lot. We got like probably, you know, 20 or 30 friends Hurst. on Facebook. And he's like, no, 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 no. He says, I got my start on, um, West Hubbard's podcast <laughs> until he, until it all fell through. I'm like, funny you should say that. I did a show because you, I, I had, started a job so i couldn't do the podcast a lot right and and so you guys asked me one day if you could just take it and run with it and i was like yeah sure um and then i started i had some time so i started doing it again and that's when i changed it to random vortex 
and he was a listener. I did a show about how fans are getting toxic with shows and he came on because he wanted to come on and do it. And from that point on, it was, he was my co-host for about a year and, um, it was me and him and uh, my friend from college, Audrey. And we right. just, she was the, the one who's just getting into sci-fi that never really watched it. So we had the new perspective as well as our perspectives of stuff. So it was really interesting. And it's interesting that we have such a, you know, you, we were talking, or you guys mentioned that Lewis is the pod father. So, you know, I, come into via pod shock. And it's interesting. You brought up Mike Faber and the ESO network because, you know, I'll plug uh, them for a moment. I was on an episode of the ESO a couple of weeks ago talking about John Byrne. So it's just really kind of cool how all this that Lewis started just had this domino snowball effect of all these people, ourselves included right. are known to each other. Because of pod shock. Well, you want to hear something even crazier? All right, here's another connection. I went back to pod shock last year and was listening to old shows, mm. and I came across one. It was a roundtable to end of, I think, season three or four of Doctor Who. And on this roundtable is Lewis and Ken, me, Dave, Ian came in and out because Ian had some wedding or something to go to or something, and you could only talk for a few minutes. And then the three who rule. <laughs> Jeez. From um, Radio Free Scarrow. Radio Free Scarrow. Yeah. So yeah. we've all been on a podcast with them too. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And I had completely forgotten about that, but that's before they were yeah. big. Me too. It's like I, yeah. I, I probably didn't realize at the time, you know. I mean, let's cut the, the, the rubbish, guys. What you say? Dave, 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 Dave. You've, you've been talking now solidly <laughs> for about 20 minutes, and you're not letting us get a word in edgewise. I think you're quite rude tonight. <laughs> I think I've been very restrained, yeah. Uh, I think he's what, being – I've got to take up with Dave now. Come on now. He has, he has restrained himself. Uh, well, uh, what, what I think you're saying is that podcasting is a rather incestuous. Yeah, I think I discovered um, uh, the Doctor Who Podshock site first, and then I found out they did the live shows where you could actually come on rather than, of course, the, the norm at the time was that, you know, uh, you followed a podcast from afar. You, were, you weren't allowed, and, and of course, uh, you had that calling. I was also, as Ian will at length tell you if we allow him, say that I was still getting my audio working, <laughs> a decent enough fast. Because in those days, I mean, you've got to remember, certainly in the UK, uh, broadband speeds were, were, were pretty horrendous. Um, and if you sort of uh, got a few pages open and doing this and that, um, it, it could really uh, badly impact yeah, it wasn't that wasn't saying interesting things. It just didn't come across as interesting. But, right, but yeah, right. but uh, so uh, and 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 as Mike Randall saw on a, another podcast, will tell you, you know, I have a habit of turning up. You know, I, I, I'm dependable on one thing. I turn up. So um, I kept coming on Podshop. Me and Ian got into a little bit of a vibe, and then we we um, as I say, we were. Th- Considering doing our own, but um, we were on Wes, Wes's show. We considered it Wes's show, uh, and we were sort of his uh, co-hosts in that sense. And, and as you said, he had to step away for a while. And 90 episodes later, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, Ian himself decided, well, really, uh, it, the, the, as, as, as Wes said, the, 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 it was getting more compact, not competitive, but there was a plethora of things. I'm not sure whether the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance had yet formed, but there were, but things were, were gelling in, in this front. And, right. um, and, and we obviously, didn't wanna, yeah, we didn't want to like, we feel oh. it, it would be fair to West if we made changes to the show that we wanted to do. Um, and so we figured the better way was for us to kind of go off and, and take ownership and be able to, you know, if we wanted to do something a little different when we can do a lot, you know, without having to, you know, ask West for permission. We were that clever. We thought if we're going to mess a podcast up, it better be ours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, um, it would so, have been absolutely fine, guys. I would not have been upset. It's so, so, one of those things where we just kind of, you know, they hijacked my podcast. Honestly, we had to talk to you for a while, and it's like, right. Um, so we just figured, let's just let's figure out if we wanted to do this because the, the 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 backstory to all this is. I don't know how it even came up in a science fiction or a cult TV based podcast, but Dave and I found out that we both love wine. So I, of course, you know, cracking why well, I said to Eric, Hey, we should get online and have a glass of wine together sometime. And we did. And it turned into basically my Sunday, um, at home. My wife hated because <laughs> I would disappear to go in on, uh, uh, CIA. I think back then it was it was two o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah. So two o'clock, I go in. I come out maybe for dinner around five thirty, six o'clock, um, and then be back on um, to have uh, usually about a bottle of wine with Dave for the evening, just on Skype. The two of us just shooting the breeze, and so that's kind of that's how that offshoot even happened. You know, Dave and I ended up forming this really close personal bond as well as, you know, our podcast and, and cult TV interests. Um, there was something else that kind of connected us and it was this, this love of wine. And we just, we, tr- <laughs> we did try quite a lot to get the same bottle of wine. <laughs> it was a lot harder than it appeared on the outset. And so we just ended up drinking whatever. Well, uh, if, if you finished, uh, yeah, I've got a, I've never uh, finished. I've got a Leopard's Leap uh, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot blend here. Uh, I picked it because it's South African, and uh, I thought that might be a link to the topic that we were originally going to talk about, but may, maybe uh, yeah. maybe pause for part two. Um, but, yeah, no, one of the things is that um, uh, we did that, and then um, Wes quite rightly said that uh, one of the things about Podshop was the fact that, obviously, it was totally geared to Doctor Who, and quite rightly so, and... Um, uh, you know, it really was, uh, the de facto one. They were, when, whenever there were the big, um, conferences on and so on, uh, Podshop was the, the, you know, commanding the main stage and, and, and so on. Uh, but, uh, I think even Lewis learned a little bit from us because after we started doing, uh, this with Wes and others, um, he also then started, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi so that, uh, Lewis could, and I went on and co-hosted with Lewis on that, uh, right. talking about that. And then I think he had another one, the uh, Sonic News Driver. Yes. Yeah, uh, which was about – so, so yeah. Yeah, so that uh, – and also it got me – I spread myself very thin. That's why there's not 
so much talent about because they also went on to a podcast called the twilight zone and indeed as we've talked about wine uh, ian was very nice and uh, recorded a little uh, bumper for me for uh, the big and fruity wine podcast that i did 150 episodes of so uh, there's the advert over uh, back to normal service uh, no, but the, yeah, that's the interesting thing about that because I was thinking when we were like, you know, starting out, uh, like Dave alluded to, and yes, I was going to bring it up, but I'll be a lot more nicer now because he brought it up that I don't want to. Um, but when I first, uh, I remember hearing Dave in those early days, and to be honest, his his audio was dead ropey. You could barely understand him, and I was like, where is he calling from? Um, but that's one of the things that just made him stand out in my head, and then I like realized I'm. Like you're the guy, but that said, my, uh, I mean, right now I've got a, a, a snowball microphone, thanks to my wife. Um, and I've got a nice Logitech headset, which everything seems to work well and, and, you know, sounds fine. My first setup was I had like a, you know, like a iPod headphones, um, in my computer and a Logitech, it was Logitech, um, but uh karaoke microphone from the karaoke revolution games. That and, and it sat in a cup with a sock on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my original podcasting rig. And it's just it's just amazing how you get to this point and then and now you look at the pictures of the stuff and they've got it looks like a um, studio. A it whole looks like a studio. I know. It's like they've got the, the they've got the mic mounted in in the middle of that web of uh, you know fear. Uh, fear. Yeah, <laughs> that, that <laughs> web a, of really cool, expensive looking stuff that I wish I, I know. Had, it's just, know it suspends it there so that if if you thump on your desk like I just did, it doesn't carry through to the microphone, so it keeps and, it suspended it in this like actual pop screen on it. Yeah, it's just like I've got a pop screen, but it kept falling off. So, well, I've got a, a a standard regular microphone like you'd see pretty much anywhere, mm. and then I have a USB uh, XLR cable that plugs into the computer, right. and then I've just got a pair of Sony headphones on. It works just fine for me. Now, yeah. I wouldn't turn down a podcast studio if one was given to me. Oh, no. me neither. I want a whole room, not I, I mean, yeah, a real a studio with a with a green screen. I want to, so that yes. way I can do video too. Right. I don't want to and, do and video. The thing is, is well, you actually do green screen really easy these days. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. I was actually doing some photography that way. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> you, you, you do know Megan's got a plan for your studio, don't you? What's that? We purpose. Put the, put the, no, put the key in the lock, lock it and let it go. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. <laughs> So before she does that, let me ask a question. Before she locks him away and never lets him out again or never lets him back in again, let me ask you a question for this. This is for all three of you. If you were to say the biggest impact that podcasting has had on you, whether you're doing it now, whether you're doing it in the past, during that experience, what is the biggest impact that it's had? And and Dave, why don't you take that first, and then we'll go to West and then Ian. Well, I easily go on that one, but my references might be a little bit out of date for your young listeners because um, I'll go back to a, a comedian that's in was in the UK. He's passed away now. Called uh, well, let's put it this way: uh, the the story I'm talking about is the Radio Ham, and. Uh, the, the story goes, um, 
when he's on the thing. Um, I've got friends all over the world. Not here, but all over the world. So it's uh, Anthony H. Hancock, Hancock's Half Hour. Uh, uh, what it's done for me is I've got friends all over the world. Ian can do it better than me. Go on, Ian. Okay, hang on a second. <clears throat> Hancock's Half Hour. <laughs> <laughs> With Sid James, Hattie Jakes. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All brilliant. The British people listening to this will understand what we're talking about. These two have lots of show. <laughs> All right. Well, no offense, gentlemen. All right. I, I would I would have to say that for me, it's um, helped me be a better interviewer. It's helped me have better conversations with people. Having to learn not to step on each other when we spoke because we don't see each other while we're talking helped me, you know, keep calm, keep quiet when I need to. But like Dave said, I've I know people that I never would have known before because of it, and it, and it gave me the the. I guess moxie to to do the moderator thing. So, 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 so I think this would be a perfect segue into something that we mentioned before we go to Ian. We 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 said at the beginning that we wanted to have a story about you moderating, and I said I actually had a question about one of your moderation. So, okay. you know, at Pensacon this year. You moderated a panel for the gentlemen uh, that were two of the stars of American Gods, which that was one of the most hilariously entertaining, funny uh, presentations, I I guess is a good way to put it, that I think I've had the opportunity to sit in as an audience member. However, how was it being on stage? (laughs) It was nuts. Um, I had Ricky Whittle and Orlando Jones, and they basically took control. I didn't even have a chance to really introduce them. I came out, and they followed me out, started running up and down the aisles with them. They had their phones out live screaming to their followers, them going on stage. So there's two different angles. You can find them on YouTube, actually. And uh, they were just awesome. They kind of got me because I was so enthralled watching them when Orlando Jones is like, you know, why don't we let Wes ask a question? Come on, ask a question. I was like, da, 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 da. <laughs> I lost my place on my question sheet, but and, uh, I, I got back. It's okay. I'm a professional. Yeah, you did. But, you did do it. And, and honestly, and I'm not saying this because you're you know, on this podcast right now, because we said, Clarence and I said this after, uh, just between our, the two of us, you know, after it was over, we were talking about a, all the energy, but B, how well you maintained your composure. Yeah. And they, yeah, and they were it. fun. I mean, seriously, they, they had a lot of fun and, and I don't want it to come across for anybody that's listening, thinking that they were disrespectful. They absolutely were not. They just had so much fun and so much energy. Well, I am uh, just to quickly go through this again for those of you who didn't hear the show I was on a couple of months ago. But what I do is I moderate panels. So I get to sit on the stage and ask the kind of introductory questions of the celebrity that we happen to have there. And then we turn it over to the audience. But my job also is I'm the stage manager of the Sanger Theater. So I got to make sure all the, the panels that I'm not on are going on on the right times, that the guest gets there, they're treated right. Um, I also have to go out in between and do the where the bathrooms are speeches and stuff like that or the housekeeping by the by the last day and they were doing it with me. So that was fun. Um, but I get a chance to talk to the celebrities backstage and um, I'll get some stories later so we can let Ian speak. But it's a lot of fun. 
I had to audition for it, and they picked about 10 or 12 of us, and we've been doing it for about three years now. Actually, this is my fourth this was my fourth year doing it. So um, it's going to be even more fun next year, I think. So cool, go ahead, Ian, and then we'll come back to that. Yeah, Ian missed it. Well, uh, yeah, I was basically going to say you know, the same thing that those two guys uh, mentioned. But uh, I think one of the turning points for me was actually – and here I'm going to blow a little smoke up your ass, West. Um, when we did meet for the first time and we went to uh, Wrath of Khan, uh, one the – once only convention, um, which I got to meet Gigi Edgley from uh, Farscape, uh, who was just so much more than you could ever even imagine, and she was just very, so very charming. Oh, she remembered my name the next day when I was at her panel. I went to ask a question, and she called me out by name. It was just phenomenal. Well, you but, know, it's because we took her Starbucks. <laughs> Well, yeah. She's like, "Oh, I can really get." I'm like, "I'm go get your Starbucks." I actually, actually, I think somebody stole that wallet, but I had a wallet with her Starbucks order still written down. Oh wow! In 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 my wallet, it was phenomenal. But it was one of the things where I was kind of shadowing West because West knew most of the people there who were running the con. Um, but it was kind of. I hadn't really met somebody famous on a one-on-one basis like that before. Uh, maybe maybe a couple of times with, with a group of people. But when I got there, West wasn't there. West was stuck at work. And mm-hmm. so I'm, like, wandering around, like, no, not knowing anybody or anything, which most people are when they go to a convention. You usually know somebody who's going to be there online or whatever. But back then, not so common. And... uh so anyway, I, I thought, well, I'll check out this place. I go down to the bar, and uh, Jerry Doyle is sitting at the bar. And so I'm like, well, I'll just go sit at the bar, too. Uh, <laughs> and we start talking. So right away, I'm I'm sitting there talking to Jerry Doyle from uh, um, Babylon, Babylon 5. 5. Babylon 5. And, uh, and it was just amazing because we just talked about all kinds of stuff, just regular everyday stuff. I didn't even ask him about the show. Um, I had watched it. I wasn't a huge fan, so that probably made it a little easier. Um, but that, and then I was thrust into a conversation with Gigi Edgley, uh, because West said to the organizers of the convention, Ian's really nervous because Gigi Edgley's right over there. And he, and the guy just said, Hey, Gigi, come here a second. And there's Gigi Edgley standing in front of me. And she's like, hey, how are you doing? And, and she, she recognized, uh, my accent and because it was a lot, you know, a lot clearer then. But, um, so we started talking because, you know, she's from Australia, New Zealand. And it was more kind of, it was that and, you know, being exposed to all these celebrities and in one of my favorite kind of environments, which is a fan run convention. Um, it's it's yeah. good to go to these mega cons and stuff like that if you want to meet people en masse. But if you want to have a really good time with a lot of fun people, you need to go to a fan-run convention. Um, now, if, if Ian can ever find it again, the interview we did with Gigi Edgley is hilarious. I have a whole bunch of tapes here that I've got to hook everything up and, and try and find that because I really want to see it again myself. Yeah, because we – it was hilarious trying to find a space to do this interview. We started off inside. People kept wandering by and posing for photos. And then we went outside and we're just sitting. She's sitting there crisscross applesauce 
we've got the camera because we didn't have any recording equipment. I just yeah, that was back in the that was back in the days when you'd shoot it on video and cut the audio off and drop it on the internet. I had this really I had this really good camera. We basically didn't point the camera at her. We just sat it there so that it would pick us all up. And yeah, somewhere around here on one of these damn tapes is that. And I keep promising West that I'll find it, but I haven't yet. I'm starting to get my office sorted, so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe for the 10th anniversary of uh, uh, Cult uh, Cult uh maybe we'll uh, unearth that. There you go. The wine, you know, you know, all all the listeners of this show keep sending messages to Ian to get that on. (laughs) They can see it. Yeah, but yeah. So we got uh, we got video footage of. uh, what's her name from DS9 too? Oh yeah, uh, Chase Masterson. Chase Masterson. She kind of makes us a little bit. But. She she was she was she was she was really really cool. Yeah. Um, and wore something low cut, of course. Uh, as is her want. Um, but yeah, the other thing that was great, I mean, apart from the meeting people and, and dealing with a celebrity and one on one, is watching West because West didn't take well, so he didn't take no for an answer. It's just. He didn't think about no being an answer. Ooh, I like so that. So he would just, he would just walk up to Richard Hatch and go, Hi, I'm West Hubbard. I was wondering, um, we've got a podcast and I was wondering if you, he just went right in there. And if it weren't for that, I would never have got, um, uh, oh, I forgot her name now. Rachel, help me, Dave. Uh, from, uh, oh, I forgot her name now and I'm very embarrassed. Um, Oh, yeah, sorry. My crazy uh, ex-girlfriend. Yeah, 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 Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom. Uh, because I, this whole thing blew up with, uh, F me Ray Bribery, which was a song of hers. And so I thought it's a bit sci-fi, bit comedy. Let's go for it. And I said today, I'm like, I I, I think we should ask her to be on the show. And he goes, "Uh, you sure? I'm like, what's the worst she could say? Oh. And that I got from, from West. Uh, oh. that, because I saw you, you, I mean, you approached everybody. You didn't, it didn't seem to get in your way that, that they were famous or well, whatever. I'll give, you, I'll give you a little secret. Mm. Uh, Richard Hatch, I was nervous at, but Gigi Edgley, I'd never watched Farscape. So, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like talking to a regular person. Oh, no, screen. she's just, she's phenomenal. Um, and, and, and that's the key to moderating is don't mm. moderate a panel. For someone that you're going to totally geek out over, because right. that's where you have problem. Yeah. Go for something that you've never watched or you don't know a lot about. Then you get a chance to learn about it. Yes. Right. Then, then find out more questions. And you can ask. To me, you can ask more objective questions than just, uh, you know, Peter Davison on episode so and so, the 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 shirt you were wearing. Who made that? You know, that kind of question. Yeah. You're just like asking really. Dumb stuff, you know. To me, it's dumb. It's not dumb to some people. But my, my favorite, my favorite thing. Sorry, Dave. About that was when uh, when we were in Gigi's pad, panel, and I had one of the best questions, and she called me out and she says that was a really good question because, you know, having dabbled in acting myself, just community theater, nothing major, but um, there was one episode where they keep body swapping. Which, as an actor, that just sounds like so much fun. So yep. I said, so what was that like to do to, to impersonate each other's performances? And so she's like, Oh, that's a fantastic question. I'm like, yeah, because that's something you remember as a performer rather than, uh, what was it like having all that paint on you? You know, you gotta, you gotta yeah. come up with the questions that make them want to talk 
rather well, yeah. than just don't know. You, you know, know the the Shatner get a life sketch from SNL is not exactly incorrect. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, and that's that's what I like about what we do is is being able to talk to people about like performance and 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 things like that. You know, rather than I mean, when we get together and we get to geek out and remember that episode where they did it, da, 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 but you know, fractures is not like that. You got to find the signature things. Like, yeah, you know, where did this particular um like I remember I met uh, Sylvester McCoy and I noticed he had a ha- habit of uh, bopping ace on the nose. And I was like, yeah, so I asked him, like, where did that come from? And, you know, and so it's really those kind of things that, you know, they, they, they like to answer, you know, you know, you know think about Sylvester was there last year or the year before that. And my daughter was really, really tiny at that point, And he did the little bird noises and stuff out of it. Oh. <laughs> He was lovely, and his 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 uh, son is really cool too. I don't know if you've met with does his son still travel with him or he didn't have a son with him. Okay, because um, uh, he was out here for an event in Orlando. It was yeah you know, when he wasn't he had had surgery or something on his knee. Right. You know the coolest of the classic doctors, in my opinion, is Colin Baker. Though oh, he is just probably the most fun um, <laughs> I've had talking to someone. <laughs> Well, you see, that, that's where I, I didn't have the benefit of your tuition because um, I should have uh, had a word with uh, him at uh, the first Hooverville that I went to. Yes, you uh, And he was there, and I, I I should have really got him to say nice things to Ian, as Ian got, since we're name-dropping, uh, Charisma Carpenter to know that I was her greatest fan. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, when I went to and, – and I must admit – Going back, I mean, I was on stage uh, with the podcasters panel on the Hooverville, uh, and we were all sharing the mics, taking uh, uh, times like that. So even that, I know, you know, once, you, once you're on stage, you start talking, and somebody puts a mic in your hand, you're not so bad uh, because at least I didn't have to try and ask clever questions because the, the panel was sort of operating um, uh, around us. But um, yeah. Um, there's that initial fear of being on stage, but one of the great things about having a little bit of knowledge about your subject, that does in and of itself uh, give you confidence. But, um, I mean, Ian, I mean, Ian, I mean the, where do we start, Ian? People who've worn your six doctor coat, people oh, yeah. uh, people like Colin Spall, who we, uh, yes. you've shared whiskey with. Yes, he's kind of like the mascot of, 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 uh, of our show. It's That's Colin pretty Spall. cool. Well, it's one of the things, it's like I, I realized watching Doctor Who that, that Dave actually bears a striking resemblance to Colin's ball in some, <laughs> you know, in some light. And, uh, and so, um, it was one of my first fan conventions down here. It was called, uh, uh, Hurricane Who and Colin's oh, ball was there. And so I met Colin's ball and I got talking with him. Um, again, it was another one of those moments where it's like, I was a little unsure because, you know, I was, had my family behind me. You don't want to be embarrassed. Um, uh, but, uh, Tadis Tara was there too. And she's just like, hi, Colin. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm in. I'm like, hey, Colin. So what are you doing next? He's like, well, after this, I'm going here and, and I'm going to, uh, uh, this event in Manchester. I'm like, who at the Fab Cafe? <laughs> He's like, that's the one. And I'm like, <laughs> well, while you're there, I said, uh, if a gentleman by the name of Dave Cooper comes up, give him this for me. And I shook his hand. And so when I next talked to Dave, I told him that, you know, uh, to go up and introduce himself to Colin and, and he did. And 
Dave and Colin shook, shook hands. So Dave and I have shaken hands through Colin's ball. How That's cool. crazy. And then I got to meet Colin again at uh, Timegate, where he had uh, alluded to the fact that he liked uh, uh, a nip of whiskey. And uh, so the as the convention was wrapping up, <laughs> I came to talk to him and I said, well, we never had that glass of whiskey. And he goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hang on a second. I put my bag down, unzip it, pull out a very large bottle of whiskey. It's all I had. It was the 1.7 liter. <laughs> hey, enough, uh, but it wasn't for, full. <laughs> enough, enough for a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I pulled it out, pulled out a couple of glasses and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> and so we had a glass of whiskey and um, took a photo and he goes, can I get a photo in the coat? And cause of course, you know, those who know me know I have a six doctor coat and, uh, and yeah. So, um, yeah, Colin, uh, cool. Dave and I have met through Colin's ball. And, and talking about famous people and podcasters, I mean, it's, oh, well, actually it's almost a year. I met, uh, uh, Lee Shackleford. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, no doubt you've just mentioned his, uh, his oh, other, uh, podcast. Heard. Yes. The relativity <laughs> podcast. Yeah, you know, out of out of the many celebrities I have met, and that's not a horn toot. I'm just saying the. To, oh, you have. I mean, I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm get, like well get, jealous that you have this. Donna job. Noble has <laughs> left the library. Donna Noble has met West. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that um, was. But she's oh, the she one that I geeked out the most about. However, have you guys ever seen this Facebook page, The Legend of the Traveling Tardis? Yes. yes. I got a picture with the traveling Tardis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've met Christian I mean, Basil. Right. I, 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 I haven't know, met Christian yet, that. but I've been following him for ages. Hey, Christian. Hey, Come Christian. Bring a TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, I was more excited about that, I think, than meeting some of them. That's just, that's the meta geek stuff that's like, you don't see that a lot. And there it was. I'm like, oh my God, I knew what it was. And it was like, I'm such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. No, it's fantastic because you see all the pictures of, of uh, for those of you who are blissfully unaware, um, uh, Christian has this tiny little TARDIS and he takes, uh, photos. Yeah, he, does. he travels with it. Of this TARDIS yeah. in all sorts of locations and in the hands of so many different famous people or, uh, if you're West people. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met them all. I mean, just the ones I came to the same. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, no, he, he, he does a fantastic job. Um, and uh yeah i think they have a they've got a podcast to it but is it the mark no 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 actually he has a uh podcast of his own called legend of the traveling tardis that's yeah. it. right so i have a question uh actually i have two questions that i want to ask about doctor who specific and the first question is how do you think since you guys began podcasting back in the mid 2000s, late 2000s, and now we're in 2019, how do you think Doctor Who has evolved as a story or as a show since then? And Dave, why don't you take that first? Well, it's moved with the times. Uh, uh, I mean, it's always been relevant. Uh, we, we have had long gaps, as we know. Uh, you know, we, from the seventh doctor, and I'm sure Ian could give the, the whole quote to Ace about somewhere the uh, tea is getting cold, but yeah. uh, fr from then all the way to the, the, the movie, which, um, well, it's got many flaws, but at least it, it kept the, the dream alive somewhat. Uh, and in some ways, 
I'm almost glad then that they didn't make any new hoops all. I think Russell T. Davies came along at just the right time. Uh, and would you believe it, guys? Hold on to your hats. That was 2005. Mm. <laughs> that was 14 years 14 ago. 14 years ago, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and that's new who. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. Anyway, um, uh, I think it's always stayed relevant. Um, there, there have been little minor storms in the teacup. You know, uh, you get a ninth doctor one week out, and he's he's already leaving the job. And uh, this, uh, the, we have these stops and starts. We have, um, uh, but actually, I think the way that not only, I mean. Here in the UK, uh, Doctor Who pervades society. Even the, there are some people in the UK that don't watch Doctor Who, but they know all the references. They know, you know, uh, if you go into a small house in the rooms, uh, a house that appears small, and then you go in it and it's got another room behind another room. Uh, every time it's, oh, it's TARDIS like. The, the, these words are embedded in, in UK, uh, Everyday language, yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and um, and the very fact that some people get so vehement in in a way uh, which, frankly, can be upsetting and distracting. Uh, uh, and I know Ian at least has had to, in front of other people, almost apologise to bystanders uh, for some of the things that uh, fans, quote unquote, fans have said about Doctor Who. Um, you know, the, the very fact that they, they are so vehement, that there is this possession, there's this ownership. But what has, what has been great is the fact that it's scaled out, uh, to different parts of the world. Uh, it's very big in all of these different countries. Again, one of the things that, that I found a little bit upsetting was that, you know, we, we had Peter Capaldi and them going on this, big thing, they went to South America and this, that and the other, and were pushing it into all these other countries, Mexico and so on. And then, of course, the inevitable happens, well, uh, that's the last episode for 10 months, you know. Uh, you're only having one episode in 2019. Um, but um, I think it's as relevant today. In fact, it's so, it's so relevant today that I sometimes I think it's me and my belief systems and my slightly um, um, dated view on things because um, I'll make comments to to Ian about um, maybe the way that the sexes are treated now and so on. And I'm thinking, isn't it marvellous that this, that and that's happening? And he said, what are you talking about? It should be like that. It shouldn't, you shouldn't need to comment on it. It's, that, that is de facto how life is now. And that, where I'm just getting used to the fact of being, you know, um, what's the word, uh, politically correct. Um, so uh, I, I am an old fogey. I mean, one of my few claims to fame is the very fact that, uh, and uh, I think you all know, and your listeners may not, that, cause you're gonna, you, you know, you're, as Captain Jack once said, your ratings have just gone up. Um, um, but I was 17 when Dot 2 came out in 63. Um, I was almost too old for the audience at the time. It was, it was geared at, you know, nine to 14 year old boys. And I say boys on purpose there because that was the target audience at that particular time. They didn't think girls would be interested in it. Um, uh, although Ian Chesterton, of course, had quite a big fan base. I mean, uh, 
man, the guy's still alive and still going to conventions. And mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure he's, is he nearly 90 now? Uh, so. he's, yeah, unbelievable. So the actual, um, you know, I'm saying all these clever things to listeners and people are posting pictures on the sky thing, showing off their uh, Captain Jack. Hugs. <laughs> it's not right. It's true. <laughs> My Gene only likes him when he's topless, you know. So, yeah. So, where was I? Right. So, yeah, no, one of the great things about it is that Doctor Who has continually reinvented itself. Now, the, the, the sidebar to that, of course, is that it then. Uh, disenfranchises some people who think, well, I liked it before when Russell T. Davis was doing it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Moffat, oh, it's fantastic. Russell T. Davis, come back. Uh, so you're never going to please everybody all the time. But uh, the, the very fact that we've got a fantastic number of uh, women who enjoy the show, uh, and not just in, um, you know, an adorational sense, but in the fact that it's their show uh, as much as anybody else's. Um, uh, th- I mean, the cosplay, I, I believe, is un- uh, phenomenal in America. I mean, I've seen some really fantastic stuff here in the UK, but I think we're a little bit, if the UK f- listeners will uh, understand, th- th- they're amateurs compared to some of the lens that they, they, they go to in the States. So, yeah, uh, I think Doctor Who... Um, I do remember when uh, I saw an interview when Russell T. Davis first brought it back. He said, well, we'll do Doctor Who for a few years, three to five years, and then we'll rest it. And then no doubt somebody else will take up the baton and so on. But um, uh, maybe these little rests we're having now are allowing that to happen. Um, but I think it's lovely. I love the fact that they, they've gone to a higher, uh, production values. I love these new cameras, this filmic look they're giving. I wish they'd have filmed it in 4K. The, 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 the actors that they've come in. I mean, incidentally, um, and for once I'm talking a lot, sorry. Um, some of the young actors that they've had on Doctor Who, the, the, whoever does, the unsung heroes to me are the people who do the casting on Doctor Who, because they, Almost without fault do they cast somebody who, you know, goes on to things. I mean, uh, you only have to look at uh, Sally Sparrow and, uh, you know, a one-off role. uh, And there you've got an actress who is now, you know, in the super big league. Um, So I'll stop there because, um, yeah, Doctor Who is relevant, interesting. I always watch it. And Ian will start by now saying... Doctor's on TV. I'm happy. Come on, Ian. <laughs> Come on, Ian. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, and for the record, um, Dave likes to paint himself as a dinosaur and a little behind the times. But uh, as um, a person who um, is glad to call him one of his best friends, um, the man does just fine with accepting all kinds of things that people tell him. Agreed. Um, Dave has been a remarkably supportive friend, um, so don't sell yourself short. Anyway, back to, <laughs> back to Doctor Who. Oh, no, one, yeah, more I mean, thing, one more thing, oh, Ian. Right. <laughs> Th- thanks for putting in that w- uh, William Russell is 95. That's uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit older than me for once. Great. Finally, we found somebody. It's taken us all this time. <laughs> it's taken us almost 10 years. And, uh, yes, we finally found someone older than Dave. Um, but, yeah, I have... It's interesting because 
when when Doctor Who was announced, um, that's kind of when I got into podcasting. You know, we were just I think we were in like season one or season two, and so I had a bit of a back catalogue of of podcasting to get through, but it was all still pretty new, and it was interesting the the fact that podcasting was just coming up as Doctor Who came back, and so it gave Doctor Who fandom this whole new avenue of which to express our love for the show um i mean i'm sure there was some prior to the the relaunch but uh, for me you know when i came out came back into it you know and it gave me a whole new fandom to be honest you know you didn't really need to be um you need to have some guy with all the videotapes in the place you lived who could bring them in a you know, VCR player or a DVD player to, to show them on screen and have a meeting or whatever. You know, we, uh, Doctor Who came back with, with the internet and, and it was basically it opened up a whole new world. Now, um, people who used to hang out on the internet were making the show and, you know, we had this whole new era and I, I, I like the show because it's not always something I like. Ooh, I like that. that. It's, <laughs> Deep. I, that was actually yeah, quite I, deep. It was. Uh, it was. Because <laughs> not saying that when, you don't normally get deep. deep <laughs> it's, it's not. It's like I'm not really fan, a big fan of Matt Smith <gasps> at all. Um, I have watched the episodes a couple of times and stuff like that. It's not. But the, the, the comforting thing about that is for a Doctor Who fan is there are sections of um, – Classic Doctor Who that you don't like. There's those areas where you're like, I'll skip that uh, because I like this bit. I like I like this era. And you, as you become a fan, you start realizing what it is you're enjoying. You're enjoying the the producer. You're enjoying the the script editor. Um, you know, those are the things that you're kind of picking up on. And so it takes it becomes this whole different animal that you start realizing what it is you're watching. And it's just and New Who's developing that same way. You know, we had the Russell T. Davies era, which I absolutely adored. That, to me, was – that was my thank you for uh, waiting so long for, for the show to come back. I really, really adored that time of my life. There were a lot of things going on. Um, we'd been hit by a hurricane. I was redecorating my house after having ceilings replaced and everything – and taking a break to, to, to watch Doctor Who. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of, that era is, is it for me. Um, I did enjoy Peter Capaldi. Uh, some things kind of got a little ropey towards the end. Uh, and now we've got this fresh start. And again, Doctor Who is picking up on what's going on in the world. Uh, we've kind of gone back to this, in a way, classic era mentality of, of, um, you know, pointing, uh, a, a finger or a magnifying glass at a certain part of society and, and kind of creating a story in a science fiction basis that's, that's, you know, um, can maybe teach us something. I don't know. Oh, cool. So yeah, the, the show continues to evolve de- dependent on where and what kind of, uh, well, for example, when we're kid, when I was a kid, there was the green death. And to me, it was giant maggots. That's all it was. It was just giant maggots and this 
fuzzy waveform on a, on a, on a big screen. Um, that's all it was. But now watching it, um, it's all about, you know, uh, taking care of the earth and not dumping hazardous chemicals into, into the earth. Like it's just some, some dumpster. It's got depth of meaning that it didn't have when I was a kid. And to me, there are kids that are watching things that happened last season. Uh, for example, Rosa and yeah, parents will share a little bit of information, um, based on that episode. But for the most part, it's just this fun romp where they have to hide out in a hotel and do something funny. You know, it's, it's just kind of neat to see, you know, multiple layers in the story and, and know that at some point, some kid is going to look back on that episode and go, man, that was fantastic. They'll see it on a whole other level, you know. Cool. Wes, what about you? Too much. Uh, West, well, West, go, go. Go West, young man. Yeah, you, know, you know, to, to go back to something Ian said a little while ago about how, you know, like some of it's not, you know, there are areas of it that you don't like and stuff like that. I find myself, I'll feel Pertwee tonight and I'll spend a week or two watching Pertwee episodes and I'll suddenly sour on it and I'll be like, oh, Sylvester McCoy sounds good. So it's kind of like, Depends on the mood, but there's a doctor for every mood. <laughs> um, as far as how the, the, you know, the storytelling has gotten a lot, you can tell the different eras definitely. Um, you know, all the way back to the beginning, but you can certainly in the new series tell a Russell T Davies episode from a Moffat episode from a, a Chibnall episode. And it's, it's nice to know that they're different styles. I don't want Doctor Who to be the same thing every week, and I don't know why people do. Um, uh, I'm really enjoying everything I'm seeing so far. So, yes, there are some bad episodes. <laughs> sleep no more. I'm looking at you, yeah. sleep no more. This is exactly Oh, sleep no more. Watch Good. no more. I shall not watch it. I wouldn't say bad episodes, which is only watch one's episodes. Right. What about okay? Yeah, for, yes, for, for, let me uh, let me interject that. Let me interject real quick. For sleep no more. This is that was almost as bad as Batman versus Superman. And mm. if it hadn't Hold have on. had Doctor Doctor Doom, Doctor Who in it, or a the Doctor in it, I would have probably have like not watched Sleep No More. But anyway, uh, end of, end of my little rant there. So anyway, what <laughs> you were saying? That makes me want to say something like, "Why did you say Romana? Why did you say that name, Martha?" <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, I, I would say yes. You're right. There are watch one time episodes and and you know like Love and Monsters. I mean, <clears throat> no, I like that one actually. I was thinking more Fear Her. Yes, but, yeah. Um, yeah, as, yeah. As I used no. to always say on the podcast, they can't listen, all be they can't all be good. Listen um, is my my one. It's just you know, but for every listen, you've got a blink, and right. for every Fear Her, you've got a um, you know. Not fear her. Doomsday. Not yeah, fear not her. fear her. Um, and then some episodes, like over time, I've gotten to enjoy like Love and Monsters. I remember us ripping that to shreds when it first came out. But over time, I've gotten to where it's like, I really like that episode because that's basically Doctor Who fans. Yeah, it's a love letter to, to yeah. Doctor Who fans. It's, it's Russell T. Davies in a Doctor Who fan club meeting, essentially. But, but what's funny is all these people were ripping it to shreds, not even realizing that you know it's it's what you're ripping to shreds is your yourself, is you your, your <laughs> yes life, what you've been doing for the past for the wilderness years right. I like that we have a name for that. 
the wilderness. And it's, it's 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 very descriptive. The wilderness the years. Uh, the wilderness. The new, it's a new TV series. The wilderness. Yeah, years. and you just get this this haunting breeze blowing through the place. <laughs> and I've and I've actually started getting a, a a an appreciation for some of the classic stuff again because of the Blu-rays that are coming out. Yeah. Oh. And, um, I, I've gotten the the three sets that have come out now, and watching them in order. Really, really makes a difference instead of skipping around <clears throat> Blu-ray release, DVD release. <laughs> um, well, is it typical? A week, a month after I buy an ultra UHD Blu-ray player, we start with Blu-rays. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, it's, it's, it's the, the new releases have been great. Um, one of my favorite things, actually, on as a, as a small commercial, if, if samples need to be sent, um, you can contact the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the discussing who podcast and they'll give us, give you their, our addresses. Um, but no, the, the, the Blu-ray release has been great. Um, I've got, uh, the first Tom Baker one, which, um, if you do buy it, make sure you check the, uh, Sontaran experiment disc. And there's one other disc as well that has an error and you can get those replaced online. You just, yeah. Um, oh, Ian, BBC, Ian, Ian. I think it's, uh, BBC worldwide. Website. Anyway, um, Ian. Uh, yes. You, you must mention Paul Schools. Paul. I was Schools getting of... there. <laughs> yeah, because because he's just been nominated, hasn't he? Yes, he has. He has been nominated. You'll tell him all about that in a minute. So no. I'm with the rat here, or I could do it. That's fine. But yeah, um, one of my favorite things on there is uh, uh, behind the sofa. Oh which, yeah. The neat thing is, people are like, oh, why, why, why is such and such there? Why is such and such there? And uh, what they do is they have people who were involved in it on one one couch and on the other couch. What they'll do is they have they have Doctor Who people in there, but from different eras. So you get kind of the the comments of, of what happened when we were you know in Dartmoor and and this happened and whatever. But then you get people who were involved in the show at different eras looking in on it, and it's kind of it, it's you know it's kind of neat, I think. Um, I think it's really neat. Yeah. And, then, and now, now they just announced season 10. Yes. yes which is going to be freaking awesome, I think. I'm not so much into my Pertwee, but, you know. But it's got uh, the three doctors on it. I know. That's, oh, that's yes. the big thing. It's like, could be Chroma. <laughs> right. But but uh, I will say I will say that the image quality for it being standard definition to film, film yeah. looks amazing. Oh, and, yeah. the, and the standard def actually looks really – it looks better than the DVDs did. Yeah. And on a, on a 4K TV, I don't know if you've thrown an old Doctor Who DVD in or not. Mm. They don't look great. <laughs> no. And as Dave did bring up, um, I've got the, the uh, Peter Davison's uh, first season, which I, I love that era of Doctor Who. Uh, Legopolis, Castrovelva, the whole changeover. There was something in the air uh, for me as far as getting into the show at that point. Um and it was just, you know, something that solidified with me that I was a, a fan rather than just some guy who watched it on TV occasionally. But uh, one of my favorite episodes, of course, is is Urshock. And uh, my friend from back in New Zealand, uh, Paul Schoons, um, has been nominated, uh, well, actually shortlisted for a Sir Julius Vogel Award uh, at the uh, Science Fiction and Fantasy Association of New Zealand for his uh, production notes uh, on Earthshock. I, I love the production notes. They are 
they are my favorite thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I very, always watch them when they're not. I very rarely... Because the neat thing about production notes is you can read them while you're watching. Uh, if you're watching a commentary, no offense to, uh, of course, anybody who listens to the Colton Collective commentaries, only on uh, the Colton Collective, you don't really get to watch stuff when you're listening to people talking about it. And so I really do love the production notes because people throw some flavor in there. And it's it's really nice that because I know Paul... And so it's so funny when I I asked them before I got this, I said, are you on any of these? I'm on Earthshock. I'm like, cool, because I like to kind of, because I know what you sound like, I like to <laughs> kind of have your voice in my head while I'm reading the production notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's really awesome is the, the audio commentary on Keeper of Trocken has Anthony Ainley on it. Oh. It's the one and only commentary. Oh, my God. I have to have that now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I love that Danny. He's my favorite master. I'm. I mean, yes, Roger Delgado. Uh, huge props for creating the character, etc. But you know, Anthony Ainley was because I didn't really know the master. I I started off with Pertwee, but I was very very young. So by the time I started being aware of what I was watching, you know. Um, oh. He was my master. Oh, please try to keep up. I'm Missy, it's short for mistress. I certainly yes. couldn't keep calling myself the master. And I could have. Uh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> He's been waiting to say that for about. I have ever since you started saying master. I was like, oh, I can yeah. say something He's nice. Been itching to say it. I, I will say that due to those Blu-rays, um, I have gotten a much deeper sense of appreciation for Janet Fielding. Oh um, yeah, watching watching the the. The behind the sofa segments are hilarious. Oh, she's fantastic. I don't know how it, it's so funny though, because it's like her and uh, Peter Davison. And you can even tell, like when when uh, when Peter Davison was on Twitter, they just had this sparring match consistently. Uh-huh. Oh, come on, Pete! You know, don't be like that. And he'd bite back at her, and it's just lovely that that these people that we kind of brought into our homes, you know, every week to watch Doctor Who, you know, it's nice to know that they still have this kind of relationship outside. David Tennant a little more so than the regular. You know, <laughs> you actually did oh, very a actually. very actually good way to actually. kind of wrap this up because I like how huh. you said it's so nice how they as actors have transcended their characters and as people have connected and I want to say to the three of you, this has been an enjoyment for me. I have sat back quietly for the most part of this and enjoyed this as a Doctor Who fan listening to the three of you. <laughs> so I, for, for our episode number 150, have had a ball listening to the three of you. Got a final question because I said I had two Doctor Who questions, oh. but in listening to the three of you, you actually answered my second question just in the content of what you said. So my final question is going to be, if there were any other places on the Internet that people might could find you, where might that be? And, West, I think I will start with you. Um, you mean, like, where can they go and, and see me or, or where would I be hanging out on a or where would it, I be hanging out on a dark stormy night on the internet? Whatever you, whatever you want to say. Uh, I'm on Facebook. If anybody wants to friend me, I'll check you out. And if you look crazy, I won't. But. 
Amy.pond um, slash tentacles. That's where you'll find uh, it. There, there, there's not much going on with the, the random vortex at the moment. You can still sort of find some stuff on TalkShoe. Um, I know they wiped out most of our collective history, but <laughs> that's that's what happens when you... I think Dave might have some. I don't know. He, sent, he sent me a bunch of them. But yeah, I tried looking. I didn't see anything in mine. You know, I started downloading it one day. You know, just to have an archive of it. And then after about 30 or 40 of them, I'm like, you know what? I don't have time for this. <laughs> There's <laughs> way too much. I'll come back and do it later. And then I get a message. Hey, talk to you crash and you lost everything. <laughs> awesome. Because yeah. we had our Gigi Edgley audio interview on there. It's gone. Yeah. Now. I, uh, somewhere on one of these damn tapes, I tell you. And then, then our show with weekend. our show from Rapicon, we did a live show with Brian from Ghost Hunters. That was pretty fun. We actually yeah. had a bona fide sort of pseudo celebrity on our show. Yeah. Well, until 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 uh, you know, uh, Colton Collective when we had uh, uh, Yanto Jones on the mm. on the Collective talking wow. to Samantha. Mm. Awesome. Very awesome. She just. It was that was that was really cool. It's like that wasn't even a like, oh, I wonder if I could talk to a celebrity moment. That was like, I wonder if I can. And if what's the rating on this show? Um, PG, PG, PG. Oh, okay. Um, if I could make Samantha have an unnecessary moment on our podcast, it I didn't care what I had to do. I was prepared to give the man money to talk to Sam live on our show. Just. Just to hear her try to recover from it. Well, you know, there's a website for that now. It's called Cameo, and you can go pay X amount of dollars to have a celebrity text you a video. Oh, really? and Yeah, yeah. Some of them are ridiculous, but then there's some on there that are. I mean, some of them are pretty known celebrities, and they're five hundred bucks for a little thirty second snippet. And some of them are like ten dollars to get the second zombie on the right from Walking Dead. But I mean, you, you go look at Cameo. And it's 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 bizarre. You can get on. You can pay somebody like ninety bucks to send your girlfriend a birthday message oh, wow. or something like that. You know. Well, I suppose it's the next step from what they're doing at the cattle cons. Yeah. Of you know you you, you pay for a photo op. And I've never been through one, but I gather it's like uh, number eighty six. Right, stand that mark. Snap. Snap. Go. Yeah, that's how they are. And I, that's why that's I like the, the backstage reason. photos because they're yeah. coming on. You talk to them for a few minutes, and then it's like, snap. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Trying to rank, trying trying to wrangle the Battlestar Galactic cast to get any pictures was hard though. <laughs> I did I did get Mary McDonald and Baltar. So uh, Clarence, see see how I am in. Uh, it's so normal to say Lee and Clarence, but um, Clarence is here. Yeah, where is he? <laughs> here. See, that's why I was promised in the email, and I got, I got Kyle. Like, there, uh, there you go. Darn it, Clarence, Clarence is pretty quiet sometimes. I've noticed, right? Yeah. And I didn't get the blue Skittles asked for in my dressing room. Darn it. Now, right. one quick thing I want to say before we go is I had a blast being on the panel with you guys. That oh, was a thank good you. Well, we enjoyed panel. having you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good discussion with the audience. Maybe, maybe we'll have to get a full-on reunion going if we can get Dave over here. What we'll do is we'll set up a little television. Yes. Well, it'll, it'll be broadcasting very small, Dave Vision. Very, very small, like like 17-inch, 15. <laughs> can we do 15? No. Yeah. Let's I do, wouldn't want no, him to be too big. No, no, no. no. He, need, he deserves a 75-inch at least. 
Well, I think actually Podshot did that once with James, didn't they? They had him uh, come on one of their shows. Yeah. Surely it must be cheaper for you to fly to Florida, right? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. You send me the check in. All right. All right. Yeah. Susan with the Wallapo. Yeah. (laughs) That much. Anyway. Um, so I appreciate that. Thank you. No, we we were about I, to I have. Think he was trying to tell us to go away. No, 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 no. I was wanting to it find out about this time with the yeah. wines running out too. <laughs> I was wanting to find out where Dave and Ian could be found on them their internets. Oh yes. Well, well, this found... oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. You have oh. yeah, I mean, you've, you've done nothing but interrupt me all night <laughs> and kind of cramp my style. So just. Whatever. Well, well, well. The Colton Collective Chronicles, all hundred pages of which ninety nine pages I've done, are at Colton dot com. Not tit for tat, you know. And of course, we do have a Twitter account. Uh, just simply Colton. But um, yeah, awesome. it, it, I've never used it. <laughs> it's. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll say it here. We'll have tons of people on. Um, the, and of course, the other thing is that we are we're currently with um, with Doctor Who being um, in abeyance, as it were. We've just gone to monthly live shows with the Colton Collective on Torture. And by the way, uh, I, I do feel your pain, um, Wes, about the thing. I mean, I had to up, up, re-upload over 500 episodes of the Colton Collective. Oh, wow. Uh, I uploaded 20 gigs of uh, audio. Um, and it wasn't – and it was basically because, um, without going into too much detail, um, it was uh, two failures uh, consecutively. So we had a RAID system – uh, and then the second one broke the raid. Uh, so we spent three months uh, gathering the most recent three years of content. But those shows that had been dormant for a number of years, unfortunately, weren't right. weren't able to be uh, recovered. Unless, of course, they take the advice of uh, having a local recording, as I'm sure. Uh, uh, we all know, but on that little uh, adult learner lesson there, um, yeah, no, it's uh, we, we've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed today, and um, it, it's nice. No, I think if I, we had a drinking game, at, mm. which I have been drinking, I was going to use the word every time Kyle said the word interesting. I was going to have a drink because he usually says it. About and I didn't say it, did I? I don't think. <laughs> you said it about once in about an hour and a half, and usually it's about uh, about three a minute. Uh, so <laughs> that's interesting. Clarence, I got, I got I, I, Clarence. I just wanted to let you know I got that email about the um, the recorder. Yeah, but yeah. we're we yeah, We're not going to. It's yeah. fine. It's covered. Oh, we're dear. good. You, are you yeah, meaning that I can't record this? I wanted to record it. No, 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 no. We're not going there. Um, oh, one yes, thing they did forget is there. our end <laughs> jokes are great, aren't they? Listen. Oh, I love the recorder. I've always wanted a recorder. Oh, oh look, my I've got God. a recorder. <laughs> and there was this one time at Bank Camp. <laughs> but just, just so you know, we're also on uh, Facebook. You can check out the Cult and Clicker Facebook page uh, where we, we get along. Yeah, I had yeah. to mute it. I had to uh, mute it. There was so much yeah. crap coming up from Cult I know. It's like. Yeah. But why, if you, you'd buy the sunglasses like we, you know, we ask you every day, it would just, it, it wouldn't be a problem, but you just keep ignoring the commercials. So, you what, know, what do you want? I think, 
Ian, sorry. What? Have you what? got any? Have you got any more of our cards you can post to Western Carlson's to keep going to these conventions I and hand out our cards? Yeah, we can be like sales reps for yes. a collective. Yeah, we just send them. Well, cards. you know, Ian, this this year yeah. you've got to make a concerted effort to get down to Pennsylvania. Yes. Yes, I know. Up, I'm waiting for my, uh, yeah, and, and, and look at the schedule ahead of time so you can't say, oh, well, I really wish I could come, but I'm like in a play. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. but <laughs> up with that? Uh, and Kyle, you well, also get- I wasn't I wasn't supposed to stage manage that show, but the stage manager couldn't do all the dates. And so the show must go on. And it was my best and my best friend was directing. And so I'm like, OK, fine, I'll help you out. And then I looked at the thing and I'm like. Oh, that goes up right as Pentacon goes up. So, well, you know, you should, you should, I should put you in touch with the guy that's in charge of uh, panel things. Maybe you should enter, uh, not interview. You should try out for uh, moderator. I mean, we got people that come from further really? away than okay. yeah. I can do that. Especially for yeah. something I don't know anything I think about. Be good on stage. I think not to blow smoke up your butt, right. but I think you would probably be a pretty good moderator. It'd be great. He might even let the guests speak. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, and speaking right. of One speaking. thing that moderators aren't supposed to do is just take over the show. Why, yeah. Kyle? <laughs> but, 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 Dave, you were about to say yeah, something, Kyle. though. I was going to say, you, you always forget yourself and your own promotion, and... Um, uh, where are you next, uh, apart from doing these uh, these marvelous shows where you have exciting and interesting guests? Well, Dave, you, if, if if they're listening to this, they already know, right? <laughs> well, you know what? I, That's I, a good point. I think I'm going to take it in a little bit of a different direction for mine. I'm going to say for anyone listening, if you've been with us for this being your first episode because i've got the three of these gentlemen oh, on with you. me or if you've been with us for the very very beginning thank you for listening we appreciate it thank you for being you know here with us i want to say a big thank you to lewis trapani for starting this whole ball rolling at the very beginning i was beginning. just about to say that and yes. if it weren't for lewis we wouldn't be sitting here right now exactly all your fault lewis yes all his fault we blame you, it's you know, your fault. if it weren't for lewis you would have never met gg edgley that, I know. seriously and i would have never <laughs> met wes i would have never uh talked to uh you know, and I would have never, and I'm going to give you two guys, uh, a big compliment. I was so freaking nervous the very first time I was on Podshock because for me, I had listened to Podshock from 2007 until 2013 when I joined you guys and I was petrified because you guys to me was part of the voice of Doctor Who. Just like Lewis was, and yeah, the that's, fact- that's, that's really odd to hear because it's like you know when when we started doing it, it was like you said, you know, Lewis was it, and it's like it's kind of weird to kind of be in that spot now. Uh, but seriously, really you guys kind of were, that, right? you know, but- exactly. You know, that was the weirdest thing about. I, I know how you feel because first time I was on Podshock, I was nervous, and I was just there for a little segment. You know, and it wasn't yeah. like I was co-hosting the whole thing. And then I got to co-host it once and on the live show because you know what? Everyone else was sick and I was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite I that's thing why do, I got to do it. <laughs> my favorite thing to do on the pre-recorded show was to do the the live from. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm like, whenever I go there, I'm like, can I do it? Have you guys figured it out yet? Can I do it? And, that, <laughs> and then, of course, I cottoned on and I'm like, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll do it if nobody wants to. And you know what's really right. sad? All those times, and I know we're, you know, I know Lewis has some scheduling issues that right. he's had, so that that's one reason we're not doing the um, podcast, because there are things that are more important than podcasting, yeah, right. believe it or Life. not. Life and, interrupts. And having said that, it's it's funny, I would not volunteer to do that. And the one freaking time that I volunteered, we haven't done a podcast of Podshock since I was the live from. I jinxed you know, So you're the pod killer. I, it is my fault. Apparently. But, but you know, that is what is so cool about this entire community. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's expect the unexpected. So, so I think I know the best way to wrap this episode is to thank two other gentlemen. And those two gentlemen are the two people who at the beginning and sometime during the podcast, I accidentally mentioned their names because I'm so used to mentioning their names, which is Lee Shackelford and Clarence Brown. They inspire me every week to do another podcast, whether it be discussing Trek, whether it be discussing comics, whether it be discussing who, or whether it's to have some type of participation in relativity. I am totally in awe of the two of them, and I thank them every week, or I thank them tonight for inspiring me every week. And with that, thank you for listening, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?